Prepare to be astonished. It's that time again. Let's get started. From the Clatsop County Historical Society, an adventure in history with Matt Burns and Alana Quila. You should never be allowed to talk to people. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. And now, with today's adventure, it's Mac and Alana. Good evening and welcome to an adventure in history. We are in November. We survived Halloween. Yes, we did. And talking tombstones, of course, was fantastic. We already talked about that one, but it's still, I mean, the pictures are still coming out. I love it. We didn't actually talk about it last week. Oh, we didn't? We were still like tired from it. (laughs) (laughs) We had 450 people. It was a beautiful day. Oh my gosh, we couldn't have asked for a better day. Was it? Yeah. 450. Yeah. So what's the record? Do you have uh, you been tracking? record is 650. The okay. second year we were overwhelmed. We didn't know how to deal with it. <laughs> uh, oh no. Now it's kind of a well-oiled machine even though there's always a bit of a wait. Right. Because once it gets full, you can't send anybody anywhere. So there was a pretty to big it. long line for about uh, about 45 minutes to an hour. Okay. Interesting. But, Until they But to, you know to you get, wait at Disneyland too when you're to there. To get in the queue. Yeah. Yeah, that's not yeah, bad, though, so. and they're at a no. gorgeous venue. No, only had a couple of people complain to me. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a good year. Like, go walk around. <laughs> go go tell the people that are uh, I, residents I, here. I feel badly because they, they come up with me, and I'm like, what, what solutions do you have? Because we can't have an actor talking to 50 people at once in the middle of a cemetery. Right. 20 to 25 is the number. Right. And so that you, they can hear, right? Then, I mean, yeah, that's the... Yeah, and you can't... And it's kind of an intimate thing. You can't have... A mass of people just walking around because then all of a sudden the actors would never be able to take a breath and they would have to talk to either two people or 50 people. Right. So it's a well thought out, well oiled machine, but there's a bit of a wait every now and then. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. <laughs> anyway. So don't complain to Mac unless yeah. you have the solution. Yes. More actors. Right, if you had more stations. Uh, but then it would take longer to go through. Oh, that's true. See, that's, See? That's, yeah, yeah, you got it figured out. It's, it's a merry-go-round. With 10 horses on it. Okay. And you don't jump onto a merry-round and just jump on the horse behind somebody else. And you don't push <laughs> that person off. You wait until the merry-go-round has an opening and then you get on the horse. There we go. So, Talking tombstones anyway, etiquette. We have a guest. <laughs> he's, <laughs> like, why? he's like, why am I here if yeah. this is all you're going to talk about? <laughs> Lucian Swerdlov, you have been here for a long time. And uh-huh. why would people know? Give a hint why people might know who you are. Well, just go up the hill on 16th Street to oh. the uh, college. You were associated with the college for a long time. Yeah. Um, for it's pushing 24 years since I've been in Astoria. Yeah, that's a yeah. long time. So you were here when I got here, so you were already iconic to um, me. I was here, I think, a year before you got here. I remember yeah. when you got here, yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh, you, you blocked it out, I hope. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's a distant memory. I, I try not to think about it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so you have made an amazing impact on the town. We're going to talk about that. In the region, actually, not touches the town, you were associated, you were one of the founders of the Historic Preservation Program up at the college. Right, yeah. And we started that program, I believe, in 2009. No. Yes. It was sooner than that. Uh, Wasn't it? Wasn't that already going in 2003 when I got here? No, no. I did not realize that. Uh, We had some other programs going, and and Uh, we were doing some courses. uh, Originally, when I came here, I was uh, in the computer design program. So I was at the college since late 90s. Oh. Right? Okay. And I was teaching CAD courses and graphics uh, and actually 
in a different lifetime, I was teaching uh, web design and computer programming. Now, this but is that, something that, I, that's kind of a whole another did story. Not okay, that's so exciting. We, We're going to get to that. We got to whip through this stuff then to yeah. get back to that. Okay. Um, so, oh, I got to give a plug for this this uh, this Friday night. We're yeah. very excited. This is the first time we've ever done this, the uh, Oregon Film Museum, because we seek to inspire the next generation of storytellers. We are going to present the very first Oregon Film Museum Seelig Award named for Colonel Seelig, and we can get into the Seelig Polyscope Company and the Fisherman's Bride and all kinds of other stuff some other time. Okay. But we found, uh, working with this uh, great nonprofit in Portland called Outside the Frame, we have identified the first recipient of this award, a young filmmaker. Her name is uh, uh, Feven Rose Solomon. I love that name. And uh, she made this wonderful documentary that we're going to show. And she's going to receive the award and a small stipend on November mm-hmm. 10th at the Liberty Theater, 7 o'clock. Her documentary film, Stories I've Told the Stars, will be screened and followed by a Q&A with the filmmaker. Um, it's a short documentary that features the stories of three men who left their homes in Ethiopia in the 1980s to escape civil war. They share their experiences as refugees, their journey to the United States, and their resettlement in the Pacific Northwest. And now this is free. It's free. To the public. Yes, it is. Because we want people to come and support her. I love it. I mean, this is young filmmaker that the, the, the uh, documentary premiered in Portland uh, about a month ago. So I think this will be the second official screening. Oh, I love that. And for, for a young kid to you know come out here, and I hope have a big audience. I hope it's not 10 people sitting in the Liberty Theater. Um, we're going to put her up in a hotel and come out here. I'm sure she's bringing her family. How exciting. And we're going to give her an award and give her a little bit of money and show her film. And I hope a lot of people are there to support it. That's great. I'll be there. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. There you go. You already right. have one. There's there one. There we go. All right. So since we got a big show, let's get right to the, uh, the word of the day. We're bringing back. You're bringing back words. We are. And today's word of the day is opship looper. Oh, my goodness. Um, say it again. And it's slang. Okay. Op, opship looper. I think it's when you have options and all of them are going to be bad options. What do you think? <laughs> I don't think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's some kind of a nautical term. Ooh. Ooh. Nope. This is one who depends on the generosity of others for meals, oh. like children or partners. Say the word again. Oplepshooper. That one's not coming back. Uh, looper. <laughs> Some of them, I think, have a fighting chance. You that, are an looper. That one's not Every coming time back. Every time at What's dinner. What's the etymology of that? Is that? It is early 20th century South African slang. Wow. Okay. Not coming yeah. back. <laughs> All right. That's a tough one. So uh, history highlights things that happen on this day tomorrow, November 6th. And uh, I have two that I'm going to make you guess on. Oh. Uh, so the first one, and I was thinking about just having you, having you both guess which one came first. But maybe we'll do that some other time. Rutgers beats Princeton in the first college football game. What year? You I already like looked it up. Oh, you <laughs> so I know the up, answer. So you know. Okay, so Lucian, what do you think? First football game, inter intercollegiate uh, first college football game. I don't even know who's playing in the World Series now, so I'm not the one to <laughs> ask. Not the sports guy. Eight, 1869. You know what I loved even better than that? What is the type of ball they played it with? Oh, I don't know. I didn't. They I played didn't it with a soccer ball. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. It was football, and so it was. It really was football, right? Which is wow. soccer, but it was. Uh, it was much more akin to rugby. That's okay. what it looked like. It did not look like modern day football. The ball was different. Yeah, I knew they could use their hands and feet. I, I knew right, that part. probably. You know, I'm sure it was very different. Um, okay. So yeah, and yeah, they uh, Princeton won forty to two. <laughs> <laughs> that a was blowout. It. That was all. And they kept playing. Okay. And then the other one uh, we're going to guess the year on, uh, Colonel Jacob Schick patents the first electric razor. 
Ooh. So it's an electric razor. So and what it, year, Lucian, do you think? Check. Oh, let's go with like uh, 1906. Wow. What and I'm going to say 1955. Wow. 1928. Oh, okay. okay. You're, you're close. Take <laughs> yeah. the average. We got yeah, it. I That's know. right. <laughs> All right. And other things that happened on this day, uh, 1860, Abraham Lincoln elected president. Yep. Good for you, Abe. Good for the country. Uh, not so good. 1861, just a year later, Jefferson Davis is elected the Confederacy president. Hmm. Yep. Bad choices. Uh, 1947s. I just put this one in for you. 1947. NBC's Meet the Press debuts. Ooh, that's a good one. It's yeah. the U.S.'s longest-running TV show. Is it really? Yeah. I did not 1947. know that. <laughs> Meet the Press. And do people go. still watch Meet the Press? I don't know. Because we're, we're all addicted to the 24-7 news cycles. And Meet the Press seems like a, kind of like 60 it's minutes. So kind of iconic slow. and separate. Yeah. Right. I think it, it certainly has a following. I mean, they, they have still have that primetime slot so yeah but the uh, thing i think had the most impact on history uh not always the good things but 1917 the bolsheviks revolt in russia yeah lenin there we go and not the good lenin from the beatles right <laughs> spelled differently <laughs> so the uh, russian revolution okay 1917 on this date 1917. all right that's and when my grandfather uh, left russia Oh, really? And went to New York. Did he leave because he was on the wrong side he of that was equation? on the wrong side, yes. Wow. <laughs> and what was what was his uh, political leanings and what was his, his job that he was like, I better get out of here or else uh, I'm going to be in trouble? He was just in that group that had to get out of there. Okay. Yeah. Any relatives uh, or did he just like, I'm going to America? Uh, I believe there were some relatives that were already there. He was a kid and he, I think he was about 11 and just got on a ship by himself and Came over. Really? And went to Ellis Island, yeah. <gasps> and yeah. so, yeah, mom, dad? Uh, th they were all born in, in New but York. But did they come? Oh, okay. This is my grandfather. Your grandfather. Yeah, my, my grandfather. But did his mom, his mom and dad, he just, did uh, they come too? I don't know the whole story of that. I'm not sure they were alive anymore at that point. Okay. Yeah. So did he live long enough for you to actually talk to him and like hear his personal stories? Yeah, but he, he did not talk a lot about ah. that. Yeah. It's, uh, and he died when I was probably 12 or 13. Okay. I was doing okay. the math because I, yeah. I don't know how old you are, but I'm kind of Not guessing. that old. <laughs> and I'm thinking, all right, if he's, yeah. if he's fleeing the country in 17, uh -huh. there's a chance maybe as a very old man, maybe. Um, uh, he, en he ended up in uh, Miami Beach. And I remember the last time I, I've, it's, which is kind of funny, uh, back before the Renaissance of Miami Beach when it was, it was still kind of. You know, not not restored, not not uh, was like was work it? working class. Yeah, it was rough. Sort of, yeah, yeah, it rough was, but it was still nice. Uh, and there was the muscle beach there. People yeah. were lifting the weights on the beach, mm -hmm. and I I did visit. He had a little apartment just a block from the beach, and I remember going there, and he would take me to the uh, the automat, the old cafeterias, where you would there would be all these like mailboxes yes. with glass doors, and you'd put quarters in the slot, and you'd. Put, pull your food out and he loved those so we used to go to those that was kind of fun I didn't realize they were in Florida as well oh, yeah. to me it was always a New York City thing well it was all, uh, all the New York people, people went to Florida I right. mean that was it's very different now in Florida but, mm -hmm. but back then it was all the New Yorkers who retired and went down to Florida New York and, South and Miami uh, Beach yeah. and spe specific particular Miami Beach yeah. and that, that whole South uh, East Coast yep. you know up to Lauderdale and there Mm -hmm. uh, it's very different now, but but back then there were a lot of New Yorkers there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so two two things I knew I wanted to talk about, and then you added some more with <laughs> Russia connection <laughs> and know. and teaching websites <laughs> and CAD drawings, things like that. Where does your name come from? 
What uh, are the origins of that? Uh, well, it's it's Sverdlovsky. I mean, it's Swerdlov now, but it was originally Sverdlovsky, which is Russian. Mm-hmm. And there actually, there used to be a town in central Russia called Sverdlovsk, which was wiped off the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's back. I should go check that. By which it, side wiped off the map? Uh, the, by the uh, communists. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, so... And which is kind of interesting because they, I mean, my grandparents, my grandfather was kind of a communist anyway, but not the kind of communist that wanted to stay in Russia. (laughs) (laughs) Not the right flavor. Not the right, kind of like the Finns that came here, I suppose. (laughs) And and, um, the accent, of course. (laughs) What accent? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We we can hear it. I I grew up in New York. I grew up in uh, 50 miles north of the city. Okay, where, where... was that near Peaksdale, Putnam Valley? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. See, uh, to, to to most people, west of usually I say the Mississippi, but realistically, west of Pennsylvania, hmm. if you say New York, they assume New York City. So right. I've taken over the course of my life to learning to say upstate New upstate, York, right. and then I'll run into people that just laugh that no, they'll say you got to be North Albany, uh, dude, to, <laughs> to be upstate, and I, I recognize that of course. Well, no, no. Well, I mean, but, in my thinking, there's New York City, and then everything else is upstate. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, when you're a little bit north of the city, then it's it's Albany is north. Yeah. So. So so you grew up in New York? Yeah, I grew up in New York, uh, mostly in the Bronx, but I lived. I was actually born in Manhattan, lived in Brooklyn. Uh, for a little bit, and then actually moved around. Uh, I don't know how far back you want to go. We we can. Mm-hmm. I, I went to uh, college uh, in Binghamton, which oh, is SUNY Binghamton, SUNY Binghamton mm-hmm. which is not far. But maybe we could move ahead a little bit to like the, <laughs> the mid '80s uh, when I went to graduate school in Buffalo, uh, and I think that's really where I got an appreciation for historic architecture and buildings. I mean, of course, growing up in New York, I mean, there's great architecture there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I lived in Buffalo for about six years. I went to graduate school there. And what did you go to school for, either at um, Binghamton or at Buffalo? Uh, I got in Buffalo. I actually uh, got two master's degrees: one in architecture and one in computer science, which is that kind of connection, which is kind of a weird combo. Uh, but I did computer-aided design for a long time, and I worked for a few years in Buffalo developing uh, computer-aided design systems. Wow! Yeah, which is a great job if you're in your 20s <laughs> and you want to stay up all night and oh. stare at a computer screen. <laughs> but that got a little old after a while. And so, so then you, you took that architecture background. Yeah, so I had that architecture background. And again, it's a, uh, I don't want to leave Buffalo quite yet uh, mm. just because Buffalo is, it was very depressed back then because uh, it, it was a booming town uh, because it was the, the start of the Erie Canal. And it was kind of where all the, the products and the grain from the Midwest would come uh, and get shipped down the Erie Canal to New York. Erie Canal is still there, by the way. It's not used. And uh, you can go on. And I actually did a, uh, a kayak uh, tour on it once, which was really cool. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, you can still do that. Uh, but, but there's incredible architecture there. I mean, Lewis Sullivan's, I, I think, one of his best skyscraper, the Guarantee Building, is there. There's five Frank Lloyd Wright houses there. Uh, there was a um, the Larkin Soap Company uh, was one of Frank Lloyd Wright's bigger office buildings, which they knocked down mm-hmm. um, at some point. H.H. Um, H. Richardson, I mean, there's a whole architectural style named after him, Richardsonian architecture, and he has a lot of buildings there. He, he designed the Psychiatric Center, which is kind of the equivalent of the uh, Oregon 
psychiatric center, which is now part of Buffalo College. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Does that become somebody's expertise? Uh, <laughs> psychiatric centers? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. I mean, they yeah. are often nice looking and very oh, aesthetic. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, All know? stone with the big uh, towers. <laughs> I mean... Landscaping. Yeah. Nice landscaping. And I think they make good movie sets, too. That's right. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I think... Uh, and the grain elevators were there um and i remember in architecture school doing projects to to try to uh renovate the grain elevators and convert them into something else mm -hmm. and you know we were doing that you know that's a long time ago so uh, you were kind of getting into preservation then even then, uh, in that sense yeah i mean i, mean, I was on a different yeah i was in architecture but but some of the projects we did were restoration projects mm -hmm. right uh and I really, I think I really developed an appreciation for uh, mid-century modern architecture because there was a lot of it there. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the University of Buffalo campus, the main campus, which was out of town, which is kind of another funny story because uh, it was kind of a radical campus, the old downtown campus. And during the uh, 70s when everyone was rioting, they wanted to stop that, so they decided to build a new campus way out of town in a swamp. Oh. <laughs> uh, and and but they got all of these famous architects and there's like these incredible buildings there. Yeah. Fortunately, the architecture school was in on the old campus right downtown. Oh, so, that's nice. uh, so I was there. Um, but yeah, but that that's kind of where I got an appreciation for historic architecture and like I said, the mid-century architecture, which is kind of interesting because we still call it mid-century modern, <laughs> but that's all historic now yeah. because you know we use this kind of sort of arbitrary. Uh, line of 50 years to make something historic if, if mm -hmm. it's 50 years old. 50 uh, years. Did 50 you hear years. that, Mac? It's <laughs> for architects. Architects, not know, people. I don't, I know. Know. I don't know if it applies to people, <laughs> but, but it applies to architects. Al Al Alana has a, a problem with my this day in histories if they're within the last 10 to 20 years. <laughs> she yes. says they're not historic. 20 years. <laughs> See, a car that was yeah. antique at 25. Oh. Yeah, I can go with that. Yeah, See, yeah. Stick with the 50-year 50 50. thing. Uh, but, <laughs> but, that's, but, but that's all historic now, but we still call it mid-century modern. Mm -hmm. Right. So, which is, hey, what, uh, what is today's architecture? Like if something was designed well, in 2005, what's it, is it just post-modern? I mean, what is it called at this point? I, don't... <sighs> I think it's post-post-modern. Post-post-modern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, a little sad that there's no term for it. Yeah, I mean the, the the famous buildings like the big buildings today. It's I think we, maybe we can call it star architecture uh, because it's all of like these superstar architects mm -hmm. uh, and they're just trying to outdo each other to make these sculptural kinds of buildings, mm -hmm. which are not necessarily functional, uh -huh. but they just yeah. look like these incredible sculptures, mm -hmm. right? That's um, interesting. So what leads you from Buffalo to here, and, and was that a direct route, or was it a route? No, it was, uh, it was kind of following the Lewis and Clark Trail. I was, I was working my way west. Uh, so uh, it's, yeah, like I said, I was, I was working uh, still. I was actually teaching part-time the, in the architecture school at the college there and working pretty much full-time developing CAD software. And so then, uh, you know, I had enough of that, so I was looking for other jobs, and I actually got a job in Missouri, uh, of all places. And so where I, in Missouri? Uh, Springfield, okay. which is a little town, if you, if you know where St. Louis and Kansas City is, mm -hmm. if you go right in between those and go about three hours south. Yes, I'm okay. sorry for you. <laughs> I was uh, an hour north of Kansas City. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. And so, and I actually lasted six years there, which okay. I thought that was pretty impressive. I made <laughs> it that long. So, but it was, uh, it was a great job. It was, a, it was actually not a bad little town. Uh, it, it was, the town had about three colleges in it. 
So there was a lot of stuff going on there. And uh, I was at a school of architecture, which was a new school of architecture, and they were just starting it, and it was uh, very well funded. I mean, we had this benefactor uh, who was this hotel developer. Hmm. Um, and actually, the funny, just to skip ahead a little bit, it's funny, when I moved out here, you might remember they were, when they were developing that uh, condo at the roundabout in Seaside, uh, that was owned by that developer. Oh, that's from, crazy. From Missouri, yeah. And he just And he sold it, uh, I think, when we, when we came here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was, that was a great job because, uh, and actually, my, my task there was to set up and develop the computer-aided design program within the School of Architecture, right, because that was my background. And so that's where I got a lot of experience uh, developing new programs at, okay. at a college. Um, and then, as you alluded to, the time came to get out of Missouri. <laughs> uh, and so we just headed west uh, with really without any plans. Uh, yeah, uh, we just... We actually took the train. We got on the train. We had two little kids, and we just kind of... Uh, also, that's... I mean, that's where I also really got to start in restoring historic houses. Mm-hmm. Because while we were there, uh, you know, we bought a few houses and, and restored them. And so... But uh, that enabled us to kind of take a couple of years off. So were you uh, flipping those houses, or you moved uh, in and, hey, I got to restore this? Yeah, house. yeah. I mean, it wasn't really a flipping thing, but mm-hmm. it was... I mean, it... it the effect of it was was that, and I'll tell you one funny story. The, the house we got, we had this beautiful house. It was a four square house, and it was literally a pig pen. And when I say that, I mean literally a pig pen. The people that lived there were raising potbelly pigs. Oh no! In the house. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so there were all these little scratches on the doors and on the floor with these little <laughs> potbelly pigs running around. Uh, so we got the house for really cheap and fixed it up, and then mm. we eventually, when we left, we had enough money to come out here when it was relatively cheap out here and so we were able to live for a couple of years uh but it's you know we went to missouri for jobs mm-hmm. uh, and that's where i met my wife and she kind of ended up there also mm-hmm. uh from germany which was even stranger than coming from new york and, and she ended up in missouri <laughs> but that's where we met and we decided we don't belong here uh let's go somewhere else yeah uh, so how so do you get to astoria you're just coming west how does the we're train just end in west. astoria well it's uh <laughs> You know, we're thinking Portland, Eugene, mm-hmm. you know, because both of us, you know, our whole lives had lived in big cities or college towns. Okay. Right. And so, and it was, and as you, as you know, the Midwest, because you live there in the summer, it's miserable. Uh, it's, you know. And hun- in the winter, it's great. Oh, the winter's fine. I, okay. you know, it's <laughs> not, it's cold, but it's I'm not coming bad. from Buffalo. Okay. Right. True, so true. it's yeah. fine. It's right? mild. <laughs> it's, I mean, fortunately, I worked at a college, so, uh. You know, in the summers, I, and I could get out of there, right? So oh, I didn't right. have to stay there. Um, but it's that, you know, that oppressive heat. It's like you just mm-hmm. feel that weight coming down on you and that heat, and it just all night long, it just doesn't go away. Uh, and so we came out here thinking, well, let's go to Portland or let's go to Eugene because that's where the university is. And Eugene, I just didn't like. It's, uh, it also didn't help that uh, I got a speeding ticket going in. So oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bad sign. <laughs> Never <laughs> maybe, forgot. Maybe I don't want to go here. <laughs> <laughs> How funny. Um, yeah, but then, and then, you know, we were looking around, and we, I, didn't, you know, I never heard of Astoria. We didn't come here. We, we went uh, to the coast. We went down the coast, but we took uh, Highway 26 and went down to Seaside, kind of beach, mm-hmm. Tillamook. Uh, and then we had the last weekend, and we were back in Portland, and it was one of those weekends in Portland when it's 95 degrees. <laughs> and we said, 
why do we want to be in 95 degrees? That's what we're trying to get out of. So let's just go out to the coast. And we just came out to Astoria. And that was that. I mean, we just, we were here, we looked around, we saw what was here, and we said, this is great. And uh, we got, got a hold of a realtor, and we actually found a house right up back then. You can buy a house, you know, mm -hmm. for relatively inexpensive, uh, easily. Uh, so we ended up getting a house, and we went back, and then we came back again, and that was... 24 years ago. Nice. Oh my so, so talk about beginning the, the preservation program at the college and what that, what that is, what it was then, what it is now. Yeah. Um, so like I said, when I started, we didn't have a preservation program. Uh, so I was, and I mean, that was another serendipitous thing too. I was just here, not really wanting to work, uh, just kind of hanging out. Uh, and this opening came up at the college part-time position teaching CAD courses. And I said, well, I can do that. Okay. So I went and did that for several years. Um, and then it became a full-time job eventually, so I was there. So I taught uh, computer-aided design, and I taught graphics courses, because I have, you know, some of my background is in that too, and, and the computer uh, website, computer programming stuff. Uh, and that, you know, that lasted for several years, and then there was a group of people, local people, who most of them are all still here, in, including our good friend John Goodenberger, uh, Ed Oberbay, Jay Raskin, who was an architect who used to be in town. He's in Portland now. Uh, he's retired also. Um, and there was this discussion and idea that, you know, we have all of this historic fabric here in Astoria. And if you remember back then, you know, we're talking 20 years ago, a lot of the buildings and houses were in pretty bad shape. And people weren't fixing them up, and there were not enough contractors to know how to fix them up properly, and a lot of them were really getting fixed up improperly. Uh, and so we, we kind of just decided this would be the perfect environment for a historic preservation college to teach hands-on skills in preservation. And it just kind of took off, and, you know, we... we uh, kind of talked about it for a while and you know you have to deal with all the bureaucracy at the college and the state level uh, and you know but and, and you know I, I knew how to do that because I had done that before mm -hmm. right so it was kind of a nice shift for me away from uh, the other stuff and I didn't have to teach computer programming anymore mm -hmm. which was great because I didn't want to do that anymore um, and so we we developed this program um, and it's been going pretty well since then. And uh, there's not a lot of other programs in the whole country like it anymore, which is really nice. It's pretty unique. Uh, when we started this program, there were probably 10 programs in the country that taught hands-on historic preservation. Today, mm. there are probably three. Really? Yes. Going so the wrong way. So where do these people learn? Uh, you have to go to like a professional. Uh, well, most of, mo yeah, most of the, the programs... Uh, in historic preservations or master's level programs, okay. you know, Got which is it. great, but, right. but, but, but they're doing more theory. They're doing history. They're doing documentation, sure. which we do some up here too, uh, but it's very different. Uh, and the hands-on programs there, there was one in Northern California that's gone. Now there was one in Colorado that's gone. Uh, so the ones that are left are on the East coast, uh, and, uh, Midwest, I mean, Kentucky, uh, Georgia, New York, there's one. So there's, I mean, there's just a handful of them now. Interesting. Yeah. And so we set up this, uh, yeah, so we set up this program. And the idea, if, if you know about historic preservation, it's really, it's not just the hands-on stuff. There's a lot of other stuff involved in it. So, and even though we have, a, it's a two-year degree, 
um, we have to teach a lot of documentation and assessment because you want to really ensure that when someone is going to work on a historic house, you don't just go in there and start ripping stuff out. Right. You have hmm. to really understand what's going on. What's historic? What's, what was added later? What's worth saving? What's historic but has to be replaced? Right? And how do you deal with it? What, what materials are there? How do you deal with these materials? What new materials do you use? What old sure. materials do you use? So we, uh, we are out of time. We're out of we, time. We, should, we didn't even get into half the stuff I wanted to talk uh, to you about. And after you were all like, what are we going to talk uh, about? So okay. <laughs> we got to bring you back because yes. there's a lot more to your story. But uh, thanks for everything that you've done for the uh, town. I think your market you. is all and over the place. Thank you for bringing that program and, and keeping it here. Yeah. That's amazing. And, yeah. and the program is, I mean, it's still there. It's yeah. still going. And uh, I don't know if we mentioned, but I, I retired from it. So, <laughs> yeah. and we have, a, we have, John is still there. We're going to bring he, you back because okay. I want to get into that. And, so. and yeah. Good. Okay. And you should probably talk to the new, the new coordinator up there too. We love it. Yeah. Yes. Go right. make some history. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us for an adventure in history. An adventure in history is created and produced by the Clatsop County Historical Society and brought to you by KMUN.